Amen. Thank you. Big shoes to fill this morning. Big shoes to fill this morning. Um, it's so wonderful to be here in this space again with my church family. You all mean so much to me and give me so much strength, so I appreciate that. Um, as Josh mentioned, uh, my name is Jamie, and I've been attending Hope Community Church since the summer of 2019, around the corner here in the Barnstormers Theater. Um, what I appreciated most about Hope was the uh, grassroots approach to Christianity, a church modeled after the first church in the book of Acts, um, a congregation filled with people who are willing to give you the shirt off of their back if you find yourself in a difficult spot, um, everyday people, hardworking people, my kind of people, and there was really a, a dynamic uh, revival type of energy in that space. It was, it was definitely special. It was electric. Um, and I asked myself, have we become lukewarm? Um, have we lost some, some momentum? I, I think there's definitely still a spark. Um, but that's why this Jesus series program has been so timely. Um, each morning I've had the opportunity with a cup of coffee and my reclining leather chair to get reacquainted with my Lord and Savior, with my first love, um, the miracles and the parables. Um, just a few weeks ago when Pastor Josh was preaching about the death of Lazarus and how Jesus wept alongside Martha and Mary, um, just a, such a beautiful image of a God who is empathetic and who weeps alongside us when we go through our adversities and struggles. Um, like I mentioned, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to speak with you this morning. Uh, through this pilgrimage, there will be times when we will stumble. There was only one perfect man to walk this earth, and he died for our sins. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. So this morning, it'll be a little deviation from the uh, Jesus series program, but I hope you don't mind if I share a testimony. It's a story of sin and um, redemption, of course, correction. Uh, sinning can be like breaking that New Year's resolution to diet. You're being steadfast until you pass a plate of cookies and reason with yourself that just one won't hurt. Well, that cookie, it pairs well with a sugary cappuccino. And after a particularly challenging afternoon, you're led to the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> you see, you rationalized your decisions and reached the conclusion that I've already slipped up, so I might as well go all the way. And that same mentality can be applied to sin. Once we slip up, we can be tempted to keep walking down that road of sin away from God. I confess there have been Friday afternoons after a tough week at work where I find myself at the bar. Now, I know that being in a bar isn't a sin, and I know the scripture doesn't forbid the consumption of alcohol, but scripture does forbid drunkenness. So after that rough week of work, I figure I'll treat myself to a plate of wings and a beer. Heck, I've earned it. That's when I spot an old friend from across the room, and he buys me a drink, so I return the favor. My friend and I begin recounting our glory days, and by the time we've finished, the drinks have been many. That's when one bad decision leads to another. I take out my phone, 
I send a distasteful message to one former crush or another, the hour in which I'm reaching out being inappropriate. You see, the happy hour crowd has long since left, and I slide over beside another old friend to break his stones in Delco bro fashion. But my faculties are impaired, my voice too loud, the pat on the back a bit too strong, and the quips I find funny, they're not making him laugh. What started as a little slip into sin has landed me in a place that is very dark and embarrassing. You see, before I took my walk with Christ seriously, I felt like I could get away with anything act a fool, fall into the bushes, brush myself off laughing on the way to poke another bear. But God is a good father, and he will chasten us. The shame I felt that next morning when I looked at my phone and read the messages I had sent the night before knocked the wind out of me, and it left a lump in my throat. I received a message from that old friend I thought I had given a kind-hearted ribbing, and he was mad. He was hurt. Excuse me. I was faced with the reality that I may have severed a valued relationship and burned a bridge. It is times like these when we can slip into a philosophy of all-or-nothing thinking. We can convince ourselves we're doing the noble thing, by stepping away from Christ, from the church, because, hey, I'm unclean, I'm damaged goods, I'm filth, I don't want to half-step my Christianity. How can I pray alongside my church family? The second God hears that my voice is part of a collective petition, he's bound to turn away and render our pleas void. How can I stand in this holy space and sing songs of praise? No, that would make me a hypocrite, a phony. Philippians 1.6 states that, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Amen. He will never give up on us. The hurt we feel over our actions is the start of restoration. And the pain can only be alleviated by coming clean with God. Let me say that again. The hurt we feel over our actions is the start of restoration. And the pain can only be alleviated by coming clean with God. Please open your Bibles or if you want to read along in the bulletin or if you have it on your phone from Genesis 3. We're going to be reading Genesis 3 verses 8 through 10. And while you guys get situated, I'll, I'll provide some context. Initially, Adam, the first man, and his companion Eve, fashioned by God from Adam's rib, lived together in paradise with their creator. Now, if we don't mess this up, we need not work. There would be no school, no taxes, no car inspections, no doctor visits. We frolic all day and sing the songs that are in our hearts and be happy, that's it, that's all. But Satan, the serpent, the great deceiver, talks Eve into disobeying God's order not to eat fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden. 
Satan convinces Eve that eating this forbidden fruit will make her like God, granting her the knowledge of good and evil. So Eve eats from the tree, giving some to Adam, and suddenly they realize that they are naked, and they make themselves clothing out of sewed fig leaves. Ooh, itchy. So reading from Genesis 3, verses 8 through 10, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. It is our human instinct to run away from God and hide, but that is exactly the opposite of what we should do. Listen, God is omnipresent and all-knowing. God didn't ask where the man was because he was confused about Adam's location. He sensed a change in Adam and wanted him to explain why he was keeping his distance. The further we get away from God, the more danger we are in. An honest and loving relationship with our God is so very important to him. How could we ever fool or hide from an almighty God? It's much better to confess that, God, I messed up. I've disgraced myself. I have hurt someone I care about, and my pride and my fear are keeping me from apologizing. Lord, I can't do this without you. Please give me the words. Please give me the strength. Father, forgive me. I want to come home to your loving protection. I need your peace that transcends understanding. Heal me and grant me a sound mind that I might not repeat my behavior, but learn and grow and remain on that narrow path of righteousness. Amen. There is power in prayer, and prayer is amplified when praying with others. We must all charge ourselves with an honored responsibility to keep it discreet when our brothers and sisters are brave enough to ask us to pray with them for their situation. We are lifting it up to the Almighty God, and we mustn't foul it up by turning it into gossip. When I get an opportunity to give a prayer request, it's going to be prayed over by a group. I jump on it. Sometimes God's answer is fast, sometimes it's slow, and sometimes it's no. But just the act of opening a dialogue with God can make you feel lighter. I want to caution you all to take this seriously. We can't take for granted that God is a merciful God who is faithful and just to forgive not wise to push the limit each Saturday night because we know we can get on our knees the following Sunday morning. Our children are watching, our friends are watching, our coworkers, other family and community members are paying close attention. It's pretty tough to get someone to accept an invitation to church when they've seen us get our freak on out in these streets. We the church are the bride of Christ, and we must strive to be a light in this world, a beacon for those who don't yet know Christ. 
God will transform us for his glory so long as we remain consistent and return to him with sincerity sooner than later when we slip up. The title of this message is a formula. Now return with sincerity. Now, meaning don't delay. The longer you wait, the further you will backslide. Don't let the cookie turn into the cappuccino that turns into Chick-fil-A. I know what you're thinking. Why is he picking on Chick-fil-A? They're the ones that are closed on Sunday. Waffle fries dipped in Polynesian sauce? What? Forget about it. Return, meaning make an about face and run into the arms of your Lord and Savior. Just like the prodigal son's father bestowed upon him the best robe, a ring for his finger, and sandals for his feet when he came back home, so will God do for us if we return with sincerity. Sincerity, meaning repent. Those feelings I described the morning after I had sinned, feelings of shame and regret, of unworthiness, worse than any hangover. Confess those to the Lord and ask for his forgiveness. Take it to your church family if need be and gather your prayer warriors. Be honest. Please stand and allow me to pray for us. Father God, thank you for being in this space with us this morning. I come to you this morning with thanksgiving, asking in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, claiming it by faith. Thank you for encouraging anybody who is carrying a burden because of their shame, because of a trespass, to take that off of their own shoulders and place it at your feet, Father God. For your word instructs us to cast our cares upon you, for you care for us so very deeply. Father God, encourage us to, to pray for our church family when they're in need and to keep it discreet and not to gossip. Father God, thank you for strengthening us as we go out in this world to face the week ahead of us. Thank you for encouraging us to use the skills, gifts, talents, and special abilities you have blessed us with to bless others and glorify you with those good deeds. Thank you for seeing to it that they recognize us as Christians by the way that we love and not the way that we judge. Father God, thank you for encouraging us, for strengthening us and energizing us and keeping our family safe. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.